0: From Japan, I'm Frank Ling. And from Chicago, Illinois, I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Jody Weinstein joins us to discuss cancer nutrition. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science Show. Well, for those individuals undergoing treatment for cancer, the road to recovery can often seem daunting. The myriad of treatments and medications can often seem overwhelming, perhaps leaving little time to think about the proper diet before, during, and after therapy. Well, joining us today to talk about this issue is Ms. Jody Buckman-Weinstein. Ms. Weinstein is the Clinical Nutrition Coordinator at the Tisch Cancer Institute at Mount Sinai Medical Center. Her latest release, Tell Me What to Eat Before, During, and After Cancer Treatment, Nutritional Guidelines for Patients and Their Loved Ones, explores this important topic for a uh, general audience. Ms. Weinstein, thank you very much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure and I think this is really an interesting, fascinating and I think important book about nutrition during cancer therapy. I'm curious, how where do you think most patients are about uh, nutrition during therapy?
1: I think that most people really don't have any idea the treatment side effects are going to affect their eating, and so I think that they're kind of alarmed when they hit, and I think it's important for patients to understand what's going to happen to them before they start treatment, which is why the, the book is titled Before, During, and After, so that they can get a head start and read the book and get to know what to eat before they even begin the treatment.
0: What should most patients expect during the cancer treatment?
1: You know, depending on what their treatment is going to be, they might have different side effects. Some can be nausea or vomiting, some may have mouth sores, some may have constipation, you know, it depends on the treatment itself and that's going to, the diet recommendations are based on side effect that they're experiencing that is affecting their eating the most.
0: Uh, Are there certain types of treatments that affect eating uh, more than others?
1: The more medications that a person receives at once, or if they've had surgery to a certain organ which digests food, that can affect them. Um, If they're having chemo and radiation, that usually affects appetite a lot and can cause more side effects. Uh, Usually it's when there's concurrent, which which means that there's a lot of treatments going on at once. That can cause the most side effects.
0: Uh, Are there any particular nutrients that uh, a lot of cancer patients are lacking or tend to forget about during or before treatment?
1: Well, most people who go through treatment, if if they do lose their appetite, the nutrients that we primarily focus on are the ones that provide calories because we don't want patients to lose a lot of weight, which is the number one side effect of treatment is weight loss. And that's actually the most detrimental because if a person loses a lot of weight, they can't really fight the treatment as well. So that's one of the things that we we focus on are the high-calorie foods, which come from the nutrient-dense foods like protein, carbohydrates, and fat, and those are the ones that we we primarily focus on while they're going through treatment.
0: I see. And uh, is it just that the appetite for these is diminished, or is it just that...
1: Yeah. You know, overall, appetite changes. People experience taste changes. Foods that someone once loved, they no longer, they have no taste for them anymore. And foods that are not appealing to them that they used to love. So it's important to just try to get them to eat anything that comforts them, anything that they can get down that makes them feel better and prevents weight loss. So those are the nutrients that help the most. The, protein, fats and carbs and, and we try to make the, you know people have make sure people get a good balance of all three of them while dealing with their side effects which can be a challenge because going through the side effects certain fe- foods turn extremely unappealing so that's our primary focus above and beyond any other nutrients like vitamins and minerals, those come in those foods as well. But we tend to not put so much focus on the vegetables because they're lower calorie at the time, so we we put more focus into the nutrient, calorie, energy-dense foods.
0: So how does one make uh, those types of foods more appealing uh, during therapy?
1: Well, depending on what the side effect is, if, if it's nausea, then they're going to want to stick with foods that are bland and that don't have a lot of spices. If somebody has mouth sores, they're going to need to choose foods that are more soft and easier to swallow and easier to chew and, you know, don't have a lot of acid in them. So it sort of depends on, on What's appealing to them is is what their side effect is. If they're having a lot of constipation, we're going to tell them to focus on high-fiber foods. So it really, you know, that's what people don't necessarily understand is that there isn't one diet for a person with cancer. It, it is based on, on what their side effect is that's affecting them the most. That's how we sort of gear exactly what they should eat. Um, and speaking with a dietitian at, at their cancer center can really help the person, you know, it helps them guide to what exactly to eat.
0: Uh, what about before undergoing therapy? Is there anything patients should be looking at in terms of their diet?
1: the number one thing we try to get people to start doing before treatment is getting into a routine of eating. Many people skip breakfast, they skip a meal here and there, they go many hours without eating, and that is sort of where we try to tell people before treatment, start thinking about, you know, eating small mini meals, eating five to six smaller-sized meals every day instead of the typical three meals a day, the breakfast, lunch, and dinner, if they can start focusing on snacks that they might like and and getting the foods in their house that they know, uh, some staples, you know, getting some pasta and bread and crackers and cheese and getting foods that they like in their house so that it's available to them, that's where we really start getting people into a routine of eating more frequently.
0: So preparing for the, uh, the diet one is going to have during treatment.
1: Yeah, yeah, because for all of the side effects, most people just don't eat as much. So instead of, folk, you know, they can't eat a, a big plate of food as they used to do, so in getting them into eating smaller amounts but getting into eating more often, every two to three hours we recommend somebody should have something to eat. It can be a small amount of food. It doesn't have to be a big plate of food, but getting into snacking and grazing and nibbling food throughout the day is really really important because when someone's eating less food they need to focus on eating more often it's not about how much not about the quantity each meal it's more about eating more frequently
0: is there any specific advice for uh, the loved ones of patients to help them out during the treatment in terms of planning their meals
1: yeah yeah you know loved ones are a great source of supportiveness for a patient they can help them during meals they can provide encouragement they can remind them uh, we call it eating by the clock and they, instead of eating by someone's appetite we tell them to look at a clock and eat every two to three hours so a loved one can actually be there and remind them time to maybe try to have a snack they can prepare food for them most people get a little tired and fatigued during treatment so if a A loved one can bring in a meal that they know that they like or even go grocery food shopping for them then that takes away the pressure of them going food shopping and worrying about that just having food around is really really helpful and that's where a loved one can really come in handy
0: does it help for them to uh, uh, go shopping with the patient
1: Yes, it's also really good if the patient and the loved one can sit down and write a list, grocery food list, where they can list things that maybe that are appealing to them, um, foods that they tolerate at the time. And if they give them that list, then they can go do it for them or they can go along with them and walk down the aisles and see foods that maybe that are appealing to them. So they should, you know, work with them. Maybe there's a dish that they know that they like. Maybe they're in the mood for a comfort food like a macaroni and cheese or a lasagna that they're. Know is gonna provide them with comfort. Then that loved one could make that food for them. So I think if they work together, it could be really helpful. Okay,
0: making that list is very helpful because uh, I would imagine a lot of foods would seem unappealing when you're gonna go to therapy. So walking down yeah, the supermarket, yeah, a
1: lot of foods are unappealing. So you know, you can you can only tell someone to eat so much, it has to kind of come from them, you know, you you can provide them with support and say you're going to go get the food and go through it with them, but it's good if they are the ones that can say, you know, I'm kind of in the mood for toast today, so it's good to go have some bread on hand and just having the staples around the house are really helpful too.
0: So there's a lot of pre-planning, I guess, when one goes shopping then.
1: Yeah, there is a lot of pre-planning, you know, but when before treatment, if someone doesn't have the side effects, it's, it's hard to plan exactly what foods to buy. So that's why we encourage just eating a balanced diet before treatment if there are no side effects and sort of getting the foods in the house that are staple foods, you know, flour and sugar and bread and pasta and things of, you know, butter and olive oil and getting those foods in the house so that when they go through treatment, they'll have the foods there. Uh, but, you know, the during treatment part is where there's a whole chapter devoted to that which discusses every side effect and recommendations for it so foods to choose and foods to not choose based on the symptoms so that's really hard to know exactly what foods to buy until you're going through the treatment and you see what foods are the best and what foods the person tolerates the most.
0: Are there any particular foods that are sort of prevalent that people should not choose during therapy?
1: Again, it goes by the symptoms, so there might be foods to avoid. Again, for somebody with sore mouth, you know, they're going to have to avoid anything too crunchy and too hard, so crackers would be out and anything acidic would be out, so no orange juice. So there are certain foods based on the symptom that are definitely restricted based on that symptom. And one of the things that we recommend is, is usually most cancer centers recommend avoiding antioxidants, high amounts of antioxidant supplements, and vitamin supplements. It's okay to get vitamins from the foods you eat, but it's really important to not overdose on any vitamins unless you've been recommended by a physician or by a healthcare provider because you don't want to overdose on the vitamins.
0: In your experience, what are some of the traits of uh, those people who are really successful in terms of managing their diets during uh, treatment?
1: I think it's the people who are vocal during treatment and they alert their healthcare providers of their symptoms because medications along with food are the best two things that someone can do that can help their treatment. So if they alert their staff right away, they say, you know, the first day they don't wait a week to say that they're feeling nauseous because then they go through a week of feeling nauseous and then they're going to lose weight and they're not going to be able to handle the symptoms. Whereas there's many medications out there to deal with nausea and there's different foods to eat so it's really the best the people that are vocal that tell their health care providers you know I'm having the symptom as soon as the onset occurs you know not waiting and letting everybody know so that they can get prescribed the right medications and they can get some guidance on the foods to eat that work with that symptom those are the people that do the best
0: what about for patients once they've uh, finished treatments are there any recommendations
1: when someone is done with treatment, we kind of shift our focus into the prevention for cancer diet, which is the plant-based diet, which means that most of, of the foods that a person eats should be coming from plant-based sources, whole grains, fruits and vegetables, legumes. It doesn't mean no meat it doesn't mean no animal sources. It just means that about 75% of someone's daily intake should come from plant-based foods and the other third of it should come from animal sources. So it's sort of getting people to think more about fruits and vegetables because that's where a lot of the nutrients come in that are, prevent the recurrence of cancer. They're called phytochemicals, which are plant chemicals that really can't be found anywhere. They're found an abundance in fruits and vegetables. So we really try to encourage people to eat five to nine servings of fruits and vegetables per day and choosing more whole grains and legumes every day.
0: Would you say those are good recommendations just generally for people to... Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, it is It is the recommendations for cancer prevention overall for even a healthy individual who doesn't have cancer. It's recommended there's a plant-based diet by the American Institute for Cancer Research, and they're sort of the, the leaders of recommendations that are recommending this the 75% plant-based diet. And I think that most people, once they start shifting towards that, they'll start eating a diet that's less processed and focuses more on whole foods and unprocessed foods and natural foods that come from the earth. And that's where people should really start eating like.
0: Is it tougher to transition to that type of diet after treatment?
1: It does take time. You know, I think that a lot of patients Come to me and they're very frustrated after treatment because they assume, you know, the day the treatment was over that everything's going to go back to normal and it doesn't happen right away. It does take some time. It could take a few weeks, it could take a few months. Taste changes might still be different. Uh, Foods might not taste the exact same, so it's not going to happen overnight. And I think that is important for people to know that they shouldn't be overwhelmed, that they have to eat plant-based diet and and healthy five to nine servings of fruits and vegetables every day right after treatment. It takes time to transition into that and sort of long-term goal. So in the short term, we just want to make sure that someone isn't losing drastic amounts of weight and that their weight has been maintained at a healthy weight, and then they can start focusing on fruits and vegetables and the plant-based diet.
0: I see. Are there any particular myths and misconceptions that you run into very often regarding uh, these diets?
1: I think that a lot of people are, I see people come in all the time with lists of vitamins that they want to take and I think that people look towards anything they can do to help themselves and I think that many people are misled by taking supplements is going to cure them and I think that that's really detrimental to think that supplements can do that so it's important that people don't get caught up on the advertisements for these things and that they're just aware that eating whole foods is always better than getting supplements. That's one of the biggest myths. People really want things in pill forms. They think it's easier and they don't want to try to eat the healthier foods so it is isn't one of those important things to, to focus on the food as opposed to, to the pill form trying to you know get a single nutrient taking one nutrient and then taking like loads of, of single nutrients is not as beneficial as taking lots of different foods and eating a balanced diet that has protein carbs fats fruits and vegetables and all the different food groups that's really where someone's going to get all their nutrients there should be they're focusing on all the different nutrients and trying to get them in every day they should be set with getting their nutrients that they need so that's one of the biggest myths. That people ask me a lot about.
0: Are there any particular resources to look into if they, uh, regarding nutrition and cancer, if, if they're going through therapy?
1: There are resources. I would say any cancer society, any. Government website, the American Institute for Cancer Research, the American Cancer Society, any sort of .gov, .org. Uh, those are the websites that I would lead to. You want to be careful not to read just anything on the internet. There's so many different sources out there. So I would go towards those websites, and then to your healthcare providers. I would ask your doctors, I would ask your nurses, um, ask to speak with the dietitian at, at their cancer center because most places, you know, cancer centers have a Dietitian available so they could definitely use that person to talk to about any questions that they have
0: good advice Uh, we are running slightly out of time I'm curious if you have final words regarding uh, nutrition during cancer therapy
1: Yeah, I think that most people just need to go into it with an open mind and and just know that they're going to get through it and they just might have to try out different foods that they're going to have to be eating and it might not be their usual foods, but that it will take time and that after treatment, a little bit of time, but they'll get back to their normal self and they will feel like a normal person again because I think that most people feel during treatment that they're, you know, not in their normal state and I think that eating is a large part of that because there's a lot of emotion attached with food so after treatment i think that people will feel like they're going to get back to normal and that's the most important thing
0: well it's really good advice uh the new book is tell me what to eat before during and after cancer treatment nutritional guidelines for patients and their loved ones ms weinstein i want to thank you very much for joining us today on the grok thank science you. Show. and you're just listening to jody weinstein discussing cancer nutrition this is the Grok science show coming up in just a few minutes is the grokatron 5000 so stay tuned To play the game, the Grokatron 5000. It is our supercomputer, formerly known as Deep Blue. Today, the Grokatron 5000 has chosen the topic highly nutritious or junk food. So, for the following five individuals, the Grokatron 5000 would like to know if you think uh, they are highly nutritious or merely junk food and a little reason why. Weinstein, you ready to play the game? Yes, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Uh, person number one, highly nutritious or junk food, it's the pop star Lady Gaga.
1: Junk food. <laughs> say that she's, you know, very, very thin, overly thin. <laughs> uh, you want to be at a normal weight. That would be one of the reasons.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, person number two is uh, actor David Hasselhoff.
1: I would say, oh, I'm not sure, highly nutritious. it. I mean, I'm basing it on the way they, they look.
0: <laughs> uh, how about number three, highly int- nutritious or junk food, uh, the chef Emeril Lagasse.
1: I don't know him, actually.
0: We're moving on then. Uh, number four, how you nutritious or junk food? Oprah Winfrey.
1: Ooh, I would go with junk food. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, she has a tendency to yo-yo diet, so I don't recommend yo-yo diets. Uh, she, I think she goes back and forth between major crash diets okay. and then tries, then goes back to regular eating. So.
0: All right, probably not good advice for anybody. Right. All right. Finally, highly nutritious or junk food, it's our governor uh, here in the state of Illinois, our former governor, uh, Rod Blagojevich. Mm,
1: I don't know. I'm not sure about that one.
0: All right. I, I don't think most of us are sure about him uh, in the state. Yeah. So it's a good thing. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Ms. Weinstein, I want to thank you very much for sticking around, playing our game. And again, talking about your book, which is really fascinating, Tell Me What to Eat Before, During, and After Cancer Treatment, Nutritional Guidelines for Patients um, and Their Loved Ones. Thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you so much.
0: It was our pleasure. Take care.